Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, academic, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I hold space for women and non-binary individuals to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for being here today and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Debbie. Debbie's a third time podcast guest. The last time I chatted with her was in 2017. I'm going to link both of her um both of her episodes in the show notes. The uh, don't the first one's great. Listen to it, but we have changed the podcast significantly since then. And so in the very beginning it was all about entrepreneurship and I have completely gone away from that. So definitely listen, but don't say, "Oh, let me pitch this because that's what they said." No, that's like number 8. Debbie, you were episode number 8 your first episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, "Holy crap, you were like an OG first." I'm an OG. You are an OG for the podcast. So anyways, Debbie is a longtime entrepreneur and creative storyteller and speaker. And I've had the pleasure of seeing your journey because we have known each other for a very long time. This podcast has been going since 2016 is when we first recorded our first couple episodes. So yeah, that's a long time. And I knew you before that. So I've known you for a long time, a very long time. So I've had the pleasure of watching you grow and, and, you know, become so much. It's amazing. So she has spent half of her life in her homeland of Scotland, which when she's talking, if you can't tell by the accent, and I love your accent. Jeremy and I were actually talking about it the other day. I'm like, I want to interview Debbie. And he's like, which one's Debbie? And I'm the Scottish one. And he was like, oh yeah. (laughs) Um, so anyways, and the other half in America, raising her daughters and now her granddaughters. Currently, she is pursuing her dream of novel writing and focusing on giving her experiences via mini bucket list, via a mini bucket list. So what is a mini bucket list before I move well, on? Well, you know, grandiose bucket lists include things like jumping out of planes and seeing the seven wonders of the world and stuff like that, which sounds lovely. If I could do that, I would do that. Um, but like mini bucket lists, like go to that concert on my own. I don't need somebody sit front row instead of, you know, the way in the boonies or go home. I've not been home in 23 years or just small things that are for me. Don't don't say no anymore. Like go go with more yeses. I know that can wear a lot of people out. It wears me out saying yes. But I mean, say yes to myself and the things that I want to do. I love that. So an advocate for being transparent and creating connection, she is seeking to bring community together through her new podcast, which is on a hiatus. It's on a pause, but it's going to (laughs) happen, Debbie. It's going to happen. So it's going to share stories of both pain and passion, hoping to bring a safe space for those who need it and provide closure to some of her own heartbreaks, all while chasing down Rob Lowe to be her guest. Well, hopefully that will happen. I hope so. I mean, I've already touched him. So that I feel next to the conversation. <laughs> you just be like, I touched you. So now we're best friends. Well, see, when I met Rob Lowe, just to put this into a non-abuse kind of context, um, I touched him during a book interview that he was on. He he hugged everybody. And then he noticed, he thought I looked disappointed in the photo of us hugging. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, well, you're freaking Rob Lowe. 
I mean, I can't say I expected more than just that cheesy smile that you've given everybody. I just listened to your whole spiel and it was so fun and exciting and you were just yourself. He's like, you know what? You're right. Damn it. I am fucking well blow. Let's, let's touch butts. He had me there. I don't know what else he said after that. But the next thing you know, we were back to back. Booties touching, making the cover of our CD. That's what he I said. I love it. Anna. So wait, all the pictures got emailed to all the fans who had gone to that tour and everyone had that smile. And then there was me with the smile and then the booty touching. And I was like, yes, I needed that. <laughs> I love that. So I'm chasing him down. He says to himself, he tells a story that he will never be someone's Kojak where he had a disappointment when he was a kid trying to meet Kojak. Do you remember the old policeman? Yeah. He had taken a bus by himself to go meet him, bringing lollipops. And basically they got chucked in the bin and he never got to meet Kojak. And he said he will be no one's Kojak. So I'm going to use that. Like, don't be my Kojak, Rob. That's... Yes. Don't be my Kojak. Come on my podcast. I have had the fortune of pretty much everybody, 95% of the people I've asked to come on the podcast have said yes. Um, I've had a couple that I've emailed and they completely just ignored my email. Mm -hmm. And I was like, me, I'm, I'm like, maybe it went into spam and people for some reason don't check their spam, which really anybody listening, please check your spam. Cause sometimes important things go to spam. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll look and be like, holy crap, this completely was off my radar because it went to spam. Um, so please check your spam. Sometimes my emails go there. And so that I think I'm trying to tell myself that they didn't respond because I went to spam um, because I would like to not think that people completely rejected me. But 95% of the people I've asked, Debbie, and this mm -hmm. is a good thing for you, have come on. Now, over the years, I may have asked like 20 people because I'm pretty particular, but still they've come on most of them so it's well, pretty at the exciting beginning, i really i want to chase i say chase not in like a desperate way but i want to go after these people with an enthusiasm um and have them on and i just think they have a dynamic story i think they have lessons to share with people that will really connect plus they're funny and you know who doesn't want to spend 30 minutes on a zoom call with Rob Lowe? so yeah <laughs> I, I agree but we're not here to talk about Rob Lowe. Um, well, we're talking, you have recently in the last couple of years, you've had a lot of changes, Yes, but most particularly you've had a unique situation that a lot of parents may not ex have experienced, but some may. And I mm -hmm. think it's important for you to share because Lord help me that I won't have to do the same, but you never know. I do have a child. I have multiple children life happens. So kick us off wherever you think is an important starting point. Well, you know, I came over to the U.S. with my ex-husband and he didn't deserve to keep me, but I stayed in the U.S. because we had two daughters. So for the longest time, like 10 years, I was an unmarried, you know, single mother, single from my side. He was still in the picture. He's not an awful dad, um, but he you know, he moved around a lot in the military that, um, and I stayed in one place because that's one thing that I hadn't had as a child is one place, one home, one childhood home. And the girls being military dependents, as you know, we move a lot. PCS was just part of our lifestyle. So I eventually remarried 10 years ago. Um, and makes me sound so old. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
we he, he went to one of the conferences that you and I were at the Modern Femme conference where yeah, we were I speaking spoke there one time we both did and that's <laughs> yes, we you know did. that was a and he was in the background and he said you know what I too have been motivated and I want to go to be a high school tennis coach and math teacher at my high school in tiny town New Braunfels Texas and I thought you know what the girl's dad has just moved to Florida that's kind of closer to there Lauren, my oldest, was like at a crossroads in her life, not sure what she wanted to do. Caitlin was just starting high school and getting into a little bit of trouble, normal kind of trouble. She does struggle with mental health issues, um, and she's a little open about it, though a lot embarrassed about it at times. I see that it's part of our up and down spiral. Um, and so we moved here thinking, okay, this will be a great start. We'll just start over with everything. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right? I can transfer my businesses because it meant my husband at the time had to finish college. So we did all that. I was looking after us. We were doing that. We lived with his sister. Things were okay for like three months. And then Caitlin had decided already she didn't like Texas and acted out. And I know some of it was behavioral, but a lot of it was having to do with her depression or her spiral or being uprooted again after me keeping her constant, I think. I'm not sure. She doesn't always open out about it unless she's mad at me and she'll scream it at me, which you know is one of the... Okay, so... I dealt with that, um, and it, I would, but I was very loyal to her, and loyal to her to a point where I think it caused ripples in in both my marriage and with my relationship with my sister in law and her family because they had one expectation of what I should do, and I had a different idea of growing up without a mother myself. I didn't want that for her, and we had no connections in Texas. Where was she going to go if she didn't live with me? I'm her mom. I'll move like with Caitlin she's going to have guidance and a parent and support throwing her to the wind in the world is not something I saw as feasible or practical or going to teach her anything or sure she has a home so mm-hmm. it turns out that she ended up dropping out of high school with her some of her behaviors and her also her lack of attendance and going I pushed and pushed and pushed for it we went to court tried to make her go nothing so I knew her way would be a GED and you know fortunately she's through that now too but um it took a while and in the meantime she got pregnant she'd had a slew of boyfriends who weren't always lovely to her or just didn't work out and but then by the time she actually became intimate with this person who I wasn't a fan of you know when I'm a mom you're never a fan of who dates your daughter unless it's a prince um but to you know he just I could see it I saw it straight away like and it was a no um, but they got pregnant and I thought, okay, well, all I can do is support her. She's living with me. She's not living with him. So this is a good thing. I'll be here. Of all mm-hmm. her um, liberal beliefs and everything that she thinks for herself, uh, abortion wasn't ever an option on the table for her. She was like, I'm going to do this. I'm here. I'm pregnant. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to be a great mommy. Like if you are so advocating for this baby already, then you're going to be a great mom. So I was all hopes and I mean, it didn't quite work out as I wanted. And even though she did live with me when the baby was born two years ago, she just turned two. um, There was a domestic incident, which I sadly knew was going to happen at some point. I just wasn't sure sure how. I tried to prevent it several times. Um, I gave my opinion on it several times, which, you know, was poo-pooed out of the way of me just being disapproving in general. But it wasn't. It was being really cautious because I'd been there. So... I got the baby. She got placed with me immediately. There's a 30-day investigation going to happen in which they both had things to do. 
and they had to be investigated to see if this is going to be an unsafe home. Um, not all the things were done on both sides, but Caitlin chose the boy. And so I had the baby and the baby was placed with me again. It was supposed to be temporary. They were given 12 months. Hey, go fix these things. Go do this. It was COVID during this time, pandemic. I thought, okay, she'll be at home. There's She'll have no choice but to do these things. And instead, she got pregnant again. So because there was already a watch over the first baby, that became a watch over the second baby. And because it was a domestic violence situation, that meant she had to leave the house. So this time, I had to choose basically between my daughter and her daughters. So I had to take the babies because... You know, they're little and needed me. And Caitlin had already made a lot of decisions and choices and had somewhere at least to go with his boyfriend, who I didn't approve of, but I was worried about a lot, but I had no choice. So it caused a lot of breakup between our relationship that was there. I mean, we hang on by threads a lot of the time now because she's bitter towards the fact that I have her girls. Two, I make the decisions for them. I decide when the visits happen because it has to be around my work schedule. It has to be around the baby's appointments. It has to be around all the state visits. We're now being put into the foster to adopt program. She signed a waiver that she would still co-parent with me. And, and he's on there only as a hope that one day he will support the children, which he's not doing. Um, so it's all fallen on us, which has affected my creative endeavors, it's affected my mini bucket list. And I know none of these things are important, but when you have already spent 28 years being a mother and raising these children, I think, yay, my time now. I can walk around the house naked. I can, you know, sit at the window reading my dirty novels and I'm like daydreaming about podcasting or whatever I want to do. I can do whatever I want. It's my turn. And then I feel like, okay, I'm not getting my turn. So I thought it was temporary because the goal was always reunification. But I seen that Caitlin needed a change of scenery and I really was hoping she would move in with my ex-husband. And as much as I dislike their family dynamic and the differences that we all have and that we can't ever communicate because it's just not allowed. Sadly, it's not one of those, you know, all these famous people I see on, on Instagram and everything. And even non-famous people who talk about, oh, look at us. We're best friends. There's co-parents that, yeah. that that's not a thing I would have mm -hmm. loved it it's just not a thing so but I thought okay maybe he'll at least be on my side that she needs to go to school and have a focus and grow up but her depression and the other things are really taking over and she is trying and she does love the babies and she doesn't do anything bad to them she just I think because she's not had the chance to be the mother from the get-go she She's just got like the fun and in a way where she goes out and she parties and she's 22. So she's being 22 and she's not being, oh, I need to pack the daycare bags for the next morning. Oh, I need to get this ready. I need to cut the hot dog into tiny little bitty pieces. I need to watch Baby Shark for the 19 millionth time. I need to do these little, this me, that's all of me. And I want that for her because I know she's nurturing and I've seen her loving, caring side, but she just doesn't apply that to where she is in in life and I know she's comparing herself to other people in times even though she doesn't express that and I know that she has a lot of issues to work out jobs are just coming and going she's not getting a place that's fixed for her to stay in she's just moving around it's she's just not making all the best choices and it breaks my heart because I really want to help her, but I can't help her because I'm in the foster program. I really want to be there and do something for her. But every time I've thrown her a towel and a lifeline and helped her, she 
doesn't follow through with it. She breaks her promises to me, which breaks my heart. And I know I'm losing her. And she tells me all the time. And I know a lot of this is her bipolar where I hate you. You suck. You're the worst mom ever. Mm -hmm. You're. She even said I'm gaslighting her because I told her she needs to step up to the plate and be a good mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she and it's weird because I feel the same about her. She does it to me all the time. And I know it's mostly her disease, but a lot of it, it just really gets to you sometimes. I'm her safe space and I understand all of that emotionally and practically, but I am a girl and my heart hurts when I hear her say horrible things, knowing what I'm doing. She doesn't even see how hard it's been. I am going to be 50 in a year and a half. And I lie about that all the time because I feel like when I should be younger, so I can still have ample years left in my life too. I <laughs> wish I was younger. So I have the energy I used to have to be able to look after these girls. Um, and then no one ever teaches you about holding on and letting go at the same time. When I'm trying to be a grandmother to the girls so they can have their mother back. But I realize what they need from me is me to be their mom. And so, but then I, I feel guilty because like that's Caitlin's role. And is she going to hate me for this? So it's really complicated. No one tells you how this all feels because no one expects it. And then I can't find a group of community. It's not like there's a bunch of grandmothers out there who just sit around saying you know talking about all of this i wish there was um i have looked maybe i should start one you never know but i know that i'm not alone in this situation there's a lot of kinship grandmothers out there but i don't know if they all have two under two mothers of multiples i don't know how you do it god bless you <laughs> i don't know how i did it 20 years ago with two kids who were seven years apart as a navy wife i was often alone working and everything and i just i'm either i can't have people over sometimes because i'm embarrassed like, oh, I folded on my laundry and it's on the couch, but I've not put it away in like three weeks. Um, I just keep taking the clothes from there. Or I can't pick up all the toys all the time or I'm too tired and then I really need a mental break. So I'd rather go to mm -hmm. bed and play Wordle or Candy Crush, which I know is a distraction, but sometimes I need my mind just clear of all the shit. <laughs> and I just take that minute for myself. And so I'm putting aside my podcast because... Well, there was technical hiccups and a, a few dynamics getting set up, but now mostly it's getting the time because my life revolves around their routine needs to be the same. It needs to be constant. They need to be happy. My life might be a bit chaotic, but at least they're happy. And I keep telling myself, this is temporary. This is temporary. But in September, you know, by the time this airs, it will be passed. I'll already be the legal adopted. I asked them not to put the word mother in there. I asked them to put adoptive grandmother. Um, and again, that's an ode to Caitlin because I want her to know, I, I hear you're hurting too. And that, that shows you, this is hopefully showing you, I love you. You're the mother. I'm the grandmother, but I am adopting them. So that means that they're mine. And yeah, one day I, because of her name still on the papers and it was voluntarily that she signed them over to me for a better life. Um, I know that she wants to reunify and we'll work on that as, as she gets stable and as things happen. And I see her changing little bits at a time, but she's still with the boy. And to me, that's a concern. So I have a whole bunch of concerns with it and it's very hard. And I look tired AF and those are capital A's and capital F's. I just, but the babies are happy. And when I get slobbery kisses or hear DD every time I'm home, like I've been gone oh. for a year, I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right. But I still feel fucking selfish that I want my life back in many ways. Like, I just want a night out with my friends to go have some wine. I want to be able to go see a movie. I want to be able to work out in the morning without dropping them at the daycare because I like her morning routine, but I feel bad taking them to the gym daycare than the daycare daycare. And, you know, so all the guilt 
Damn guilt. <laughs> yeah. We've Not had to, guilt. Jeremy and I've had to have this discussion because we have a bazillion kids and uh, we have a 20 year old right now, which people mm-hmm. know. And I, she was trying to get pregnant at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was literally almost, almost in tears because I've been a mom since I was 16 years old. Yep. I don't want to have to parent more children. It's not selfish, Debbie. It is like we did our job. Like you think when you're a parent, like once they're adults, you're done. Like you can go and, then, and do life. Yeah, I agree. But then the well-meaning and see, I'm using your quotes, the well-meaning advice of, oh, this should be all about the babies. Who cares about Caitlin? One, don't say that to me. That's a stupid, stupid thing to say. Obviously, I care about Caitlin. It's my daughter. She will always be my daughter, no matter what she's doing. Mental health doesn't change that. And she is trying and she is loving. She's just not in a good place right now. Um, And two, it's not all about the babies. It's all about the people who are looking after the babies too. If they're not happy or if they're not healthy, if they're not getting a break, that's not good. Not that I take it out on the babies or I can't handle things or anything like that is going on with me. I'm very clear in my head for the most part. Um, I just get upset sometimes. I get frustrated. I hate that the house isn't clean all the time. It's more a mess than it and untidy than it is tidy. And that mm-hmm. bothers me because I should at this point in my life be able to come home and relax instead of oh my gosh, okay, the babies are asleep. What do I need to know now? And then someone will say, you just need your routine done. Nap when they nap or or pick up when they nap. No, oh my God, I hate they didn't always things. nap at the same time, first of all. And two, when they nap, they're daycare and I'm at work. I have two jobs. I have my business I'm trying to do. And yeah, I've always put them aside. I put them aside as a military wife. I put them aside when I moved here and had to work to support my second husband so that he could go to school and have his dream. I've put them aside now for my daughter. I put them aside for her daughters. I'm not going to keep putting myself aside. I want mm-hmm. my grandbabies at least to see I can put myself first because I want them to put themselves first too. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I, I, people. So I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you. Um, <laughs> and I don't even know how people my age have babies. Okay. Like I would be exhausted like I don't know how I, I'm exhausted with 12 year olds like <laughs> I can't believe like, the twins are 12 oh my gosh I know they're 12 um 14 well when people hear this she'll already be 14 and then of course my oldest daughter who likes to go by Aspen now um she said her birth name has too much trauma attached to it which whatever you're an adult you want to go by aspen i'll call you aspen i'm i'm fine with that um but it's 20 right these are all kids and i remember your kids just being like like young i think they were like uh i think they were like young middle school Mm -hmm. early high school Mm -hmm. when i when i i met them like "Ah, how are they grown ass children now but I, I, I don't understand from, uh, I've been through it perspective, but I can, I can understand from somebody who's had to think about this and about the possibility that someday that that could happen to me. Um, because Aspen gets into all these really messed up relationships and you just want to shake them real hard. Um, but you just have to try to be supportive, um, and had to think about when she was trying to have a baby, she's not anymore trying to have a freaking baby. And I'm thinking like, 
what if I end up having to be the person who takes care? Because you're not going to let your your grandbabies go to some stranger. You're no, going to want to take uh, care that of was, your own grandbabies. That was the big thing. I was like, no way, they're not going to stay. They're going to stay with me. But that's very invasive too. I understand why a lot of people quit the foster program because they make you feel like you're under scrutiny or you're a criminal. My ex-husband, like 17 years ago, there was a domestic issue. And because he was military, I was removed from the home, even though I was the victim. But that made them have a red flag. They interview you for three years, for three hours. I'm sorry, it feels like three years before you even take over as the custodian. And and they ask you all of these very personal questions. And because I was honest about an abuse situation that heard occurred as a, when I was a child, she red flagged me. Why are you asking me all these questions to get me to be open and vulnerable and then ostracizing me for or red flagging me and saying I'm a concern? Because when they do that, though I am still kinship and I am the maternal grandmother, that means that they will take away things like benefits that the babies could have because it's taken a long time to get through the kinship program or the foster program. And so we'll never get to that benefit part. And not that it's all about the benefits, but let me just tell you here, one of the things the babies will have if I finish this program is an opportunity to have free college in Texas and they get free healthcare. I want both of those things for those girls. And if I need to do that, I will, but it's really just ripping me bare and bare my soul to them. And then I feel like they're just stomping on it and making sure I can do this. <laughs> so it's not a fun program. Kudos to all you foster parents out here because I didn't know, even as a grandmother, I thought I won't need to go through all of that. I mean, I'm family. Yeah, you do. That's a very stigmatizing for them to look at something that occurred when you were younger and say like, it makes me wonder, I probably could never do something like, it makes me wonder if like, because I have bipolar disorder, if they'd red flag me. No, they, I think if you, you've gotten help for your disease, I yeah. was a victim of both of those things and I had therapy also. So I think that's the thing too, if they look after you and you seem mostly normal and you, Megan, seem mostly normal, you. <laughs> you'd be fine too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know you, so I can make fun, but like they do, they just want to see that you handled it and you're not going to do those same things. Cause I know some people can bring forward the abuse they experienced and put it into their life whether yeah. ill-intentional or intentional it's just what they knew but I'm not doing that to the babies and I think they've seen that now because they've been in my home every month unannounced for the past two years now so I think they see that I love the babies I've proven myself sad you have to prove it but the attachment is real like I think the oldest baby baby a her name does start with a and baby b her name does start with b um they're attached <laughs> to me like a mother and daughter relationship it really is you can see especially the oldest one baby a i'm her person doesn't matter who's in the room she loves everybody she's attached to all of her family members down here but uh she likes me i'm the one she'll seek the room for me and as long as i'm there she kind of okay and you can see it and and i love that and i will miss that if reunification happens because our dynamic as a grandparent and granddaughter will be different and she might not even remember how close we were once but I just took a photo session with the three of us just so they will remember we had something at one time. And then if it turns out I have them forever, cool. I have cute pictures of us together, but I did it so that they'll remember me the way I'm going to always remember them. So is that the goal for you? Is that someday that Caitlin will get her shit together and be it? I hope that's the right thing to say, get her shit together. And No, it's um, this thing I say all the time. When you get your shit together, I say this to her all the time. And she says it all the same about mm -hmm. herself. It is the, the hope. It is the hope. The goal is just for the babies to be happy and safe. And so I don't know what that looks like yet. 
but it's going to look like they're safe and that they're happy. And right now they are both of those things. So I just, I would prefer for her to have it because like I said, growing up with her mom is something that still saddens me to this day. You know how many times I wish I could pick up the phone and say, mom, can you come over? I need a shower. Can you come over and watch the baby? She's crying. Can you come over and do something and help me? I wish I could say that to her. Um, so I want Caitlin to be able to have that too. Plus she's younger and I think she'll have more energy as we all get older, you know, and they have more needs. But if it comes to it be me, it's me. And that's why I need to figure out a way to bring all my creativity back into my life because it makes me super happy and super, you know, excited about the things that I'm doing rather than just, oh, I need to pick up nighttime diapers. I need to get pull-ups. You know, I, I want to still think like a real human Debbie and not just as a must-do caretaker making you know, to-do lists in my head. I want I want something that's exciting in my head so I can bring that vibrancy into their lives too, but how exciting it is to have something you love. Yeah. And it's difficult when you have little tiny ones. Like I remember <coughs> getting, getting lost in being a parent when my kids were little tiny ones. I mean, Aspen is um, seven years older than my middle daughter, Lillian, but um, when I had Lillian, she's only two years older than the twins and having all these tiny ones, it's so easy to lose yourself because it's, there's so much to do. You're so busy with taking care of the little tiny ones. They can't take care of themselves. And that too busy thing. I hear that a lot. Like it's why some friends, well, meaning maybe, but have said, oh, we didn't think you would want to come to this. So we didn't ask you, you know what? Let me tell you, if you have a friend out there who has littles, ask them anyway, look, give them the opportunity to say, no, I can't join you. Give them an opportunity to find a babysitter, but include them. Don't ostracize us because that's just, you know, that's inducing loneliness and that's not cool because it does make me feel lonely sometimes when I feel like I'm excluded because I'm not a mom, but I'm not, you know, I'm not an empty nester as I should be. I'm just in this new role and um, maybe they don't know how to uh, uh, answer it or ask questions but you can ask questions also i'm here i can tell you hey i need this help or maybe i won't because i'm stubborn but i will tell you yeah i'm a little bit tired but i do need a break sometimes or yeah this is hard or this is what's going on you just need to ask and if you're in my life and in my circle in some way i'll tell you but don't don't also tell me oh don't you wish your kid was better no no She's exactly as I feel God made her to be. God had a lot of angry people in the Bible and he had purpose for them all. Um, and I totally believe he has purpose for her too. So don't don't just bash her. That's not helping anything. She's struggling as well. We're struggling in different ways, her and I, but I'm struggling with maintenance and time management. And she right now is struggling with growing up and battling bipolar at the same time. And that's tough. So I'm not going to dismiss her or count her out because she has these problems. I'm just going to count on how she was raised, knowing I did a great job with her, and that one day she will reflect on all of that. I mean, she's even said to me, can you take the babies to church like you raised me? And I know that you don't believe in that, but to me that's something, okay, she remembers something good I did for her and a feeling that it gave her when she was little, and she's asking me to do that for the babies. So I know that in there, there's a great loving person willing to want the best for the kids. And I, I like to see that. I just don't want her to show up sometimes for an Instagram opportunity or, you know, on one of her mm -hmm. visits to post a photo and say, happy birthday, baby. I want her to show up in the middle of all the shit too, when they're not feeling good and they're throwing up in their bed or whatever. I want her to be there for all the crap. So she doesn't, isn't just the 
what do they call that? The behind the scenes and the in real life and the Instagram, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm the behind the scenes shitty mom and she's the in front looking cute girl all the time thing. So, and I don't want to say that to her and admit that. This is the first time I've said it out loud, but that is what it feels like. No, I can, I can totally understand that. You have these people who are like that. So my, my oldest Aspen, her dad's complete trash heap. Well, both, both. So Aspen has a dad, Lillian has a different dad. And then the twins have a, I have a three yeah. baby daddies. Um, so both the older girls' dads are trash heaps, but um, Aspen's dad was one of those. If at the time when we were younger, there was an Instagram, he would be that kind of dad because he only showed up when people gave him shit about not seeing her. And then it was all like he would post it on Facebook. And so I guess that was the OG before Instagram. He'd post it on (laughs) Facebook like, look, I saw my daughter or he brags to people why I saw my daughter. And then he would tell people, I can't see my daughter now because Megan lives in Virginia and that's too far away. You didn't try. You didn't try and we would go up and visit and he wouldn't try, but he always just for people had that brag, right? When it got too much where people were giving him shit, he would, he would want to see her. It Mm -hmm. was, it was that sort of thing where it was just for the, the views, just for the views. He didn't help. He didn't do anything. He just for the views. And I'm like, I worked so hard taking care of this kid. I had to, we were both teen parents, but I had to raise her. I -hmm. had to do the things he paid $25 a month in child support. That didn't even cover diapers when she was a baby. Like, so I can, I totally can relate to the parent who it's just for show. It's just for show that they're showing up. It's not to actually put in the work. Yeah. I don't think it's all just for show for her, but that's the only time she seems to show up is when it's like a celebration or something fun is happening or it's, you know, and the dad, I've not cut him out of the picture. Um, He gives me a lot of red flags and I notice them and I keep them in the front of my mind at all times. He does get a visit. Um, and he does the same. Like he is for show. He will post pictures during that visit of him, the babies, and then, just be he's very controlling that's the one thing I don't like um he doesn't always love Caitlin having friends or going out or looking pretty and things like that and I've I've warned her about how I feel about that so hopefully she's taking heat because she's not an idiot she's very smart so I hope she sees that but um he he does have a mother here but they don't live together and I've even let her see the babies I don't want the girls to feel like they can't see their family but I'm the only one putting in the work or the financial support or the emotional support. They all take it for granted that, okay, when I get the visit, she's just going to show up and give us the stroller, the diapers, the snacks, the food, the milk. I really would rather they provide some of it because it should be there. It shouldn't all fall to me. It does. And that's hard. And um, so I don't want them all to be there for sure. I want them to see how tough this is. And then she'll still like, can you send me, cash up me $10? I'm like, for what, Caitlin? I'm already, you cash up me, you know, a thousand in child support from the baby daddy. And then I'll cash up you the $10. Because if not, right now I need to buy food and diapers and groceries and food for the daycare and formula. <laughs> yeah. And it's, babies are yeah. expensive. They're expensive. Yes, that's why I am working and now I was working my, at my friend's restaurant too. So I had two jobs trying to make this work and trying to launch my business because I need to, obviously you have to put some money in when you're growing a new business. And 
that so all of that is in the back of my mind too I have to sacrifice I guess some of myself again because the babies have needs or because I wanted to put Ailani in dance this summer so I did that and I that's another reason why I went on hiatus I just wanted her to she loves to dance so I put her in dancing and the recital happened this weekend and it was everything I thought it would be it was her standing on stage not dancing sucking her fingers so it was perfect <laughs> I'm glad to see it paid off it was actually really cute. <laughs> it was really cute. I was hoping on the inside, can I have someone who's just standing that they're screaming or someone who's an over the top dancer or someone who's just very shy and cute and sweet. And she was the latter. <laughs> I love that. Next I year wish, we'll get the dancer. <laughs> I wish when my kids were younger, we had the opportunity to put them in things like that. But uh, people seem to think that people in the military make a lot of money and oh, yeah. they, they do not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> after, after they've been in like a bazillion years, they make decent money. But in the beginning, I mean, my spouse married me and I had two kids and then we had two more and having a family of six on his salary at the time did not, did not provide enough wiggle room. And then you have a wife who has bipolar disorder who likes, when I get manic, I spend a lot of money. So oh. money I don't have. Um, I remember one time when I had, I was an entrepreneur, I spent uh, $2,000 on a course um, that I didn't need. Cause basically what happened is I took the course and I knew everything that was there, which so but you couldn't get a refund. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't get a refund, but it was a quick manic decision that I made. And so already having little money and then having less money because I was spending money when I was manic and we didn't know I had bipolar disorder at the time. We didn't know that was part of mania. It, I just thought I was bad with money and really it was this impulse. It was this impulse that I had to do it, but yeah, it, we didn't have the money. So I wish when my kids were little, I could put them in things like that. And that's wonderful, Debbie, that you took the time and effort to put her in it, even if it just ended up with her sucking her thumb. <laughs> it was cute. So I have a cute thumb, finger sucking picture that I'll show her one day when she is a beautiful dancer. <laughs> And she will be, it'll pay off eventually. I mean, um, especially yeah. starting them so young. She's very, I can tell that some of the things in my habits have already rubbed off on her. Every morning I used to take her blanket and just hang it over the edge of the crib. And now at two, she thinks that's just the rules. And if I don't hang the blanket on the crib, she'll get so mad at me. She'll turn around, blankie, blankie. Like, why am I not hanging this blankie over the edge? I'm, like, I'm so sorry. And then she'll get her sisters and she'll try and throw that blankie over the side. Like, that's the rules. <laughs> I hope I'm not giving her some weird quirks. <laughs> that's so cute. But I mean... How with such little people are you going to be able to make time for yourself? I'm working on that. I, I, I'm trying to, if I can do enough, say work where I can hire a babysitter. That is my goal. And not to pawn off some time, but all I need is a few hours a week. So if I can do this and then remanage my schedule, we used to have breakfast together every morning. So now my goal is even just next week to start taking them a little earlier to daycare. So she'll eat breakfast with her friends, which one helps me a little with time too though it helps her because she's become really picky and I've noticed she eats better when she's at a family style setting with all the little two-year-olds so 
I think she'll eat better breakfast in the morning um, and she'll have more time to get tired before she goes to nap because it's very calm here and she'll just color or hang out with me while I get ready before we go to the daycare and when she's there they're playing outside they're running in the gym and so I think that will expand her energy more than just the little here's my desk and I'm going to color or I want to watch baby shark or I want to play with my blocks she likes manipulative quiet steady calm things so if she's there running around like being crazy she'll get all that out and then she'll come home in the evening and be really quiet and as they get older too you know the baby's one now and she's walking everywhere I say walk but I know that when she's trying to do something wrong she kind of baby runs I was I use the potty with the door open so I can check on what they're doing and that's when I, I just as I sit down getting ready to pee for the first time in hours I see her running across the bathroom door I'm like never mind I will not pee I have to go see where she went because <laughs> she I think she just watches so as soon as she gets older and a little more able to be kept <laughs> in the same place for a period of time it'll be easier for me and that's why I need a sitter I just need someone to sit downstairs with them I can work upstairs in my office and it'd be quiet that's what I want and I might feel guilty I won't mind I will feel guilty that here they are with someone else but I know that in the long-term effects of that is I'm doing something really good for all of us and it will pay off so that's that's what I'm I'm, I'm hoping they'll see not that oh DD left me with somebody again. It's not, it's going to be, oh, I love this babysitter that we have. She's part of her family. And Dee's up there killing it and taking on the world. And I'm going to do that one day. That's what I hope. <laughs> I think that's a great goal. I really do. And, you know, sometimes I had Aspen for so long that she was able to watch the kids. And now they're getting to the age where they can like pretty much watch themselves. But yeah, I, that was one of my goals at one point in time. In the brief period of time between them being able to watch themselves and Aspen being like leaving the nest. So the last couple years, I had to have babysitter because I'm like, I need a break. Like, I need yes. to, I, just some quiet time just to be able to get some stuff done or see friends. It's okay to see friends, even when mm -hmm. you're parenting children. I was I, I don't know and I need to make time for my friends that is one thing I need to do and that's why I need I hope that friends can understand or if you're listening to this right now and you are Debbie's friend you can invite me with the children if it's a child safe environment we're not like dancing on fire or something <laughs> then they can come they're pretty good kids um please ask us to come <laughs> uh but I was going to say I asked Lauren a lot, my oldest daughter, to help me. But then I feel bad for her because I'm taking away her life. And I love my day job. I mean, it's given me stability and health insurance and things to like pay my rent and the bills while I'm working towards my my creative goals. And sometimes all the daycare closes and they are family oriented and they allow me to take them with me in the car but then I have the girls with me and I feel like I'm not doing a good job I'm doing something awful to them by keeping them in a car for a couple of hours you know and that's I don't want to do that I don't want them to just drive around with me and I don't want them to go to work with me and I I just want a better life for all of us so I know that in the end working towards my dreams will help bring in an income that will give us the kind of life that they deserve you know because yes. even though they don't have a terrible life right now and it's not all about the money um affording a, a lifestyle that will make it easier for me to see them and easier to not worry about it or work so hard all the time well what is my goal I really want them to, yeah. to have everything that I didn't have and everything that Caitlin doesn't feel that she had so Debbie as we wrap up the podcast today because the time goes by really fast <laughs> and I could talk to you all day because we're friends 
and I, I miss you. Um, what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? I just feel like if you have someone out there in your life, who's a young, especially woman, but young person in general, or if they identify with women, but I just, and they have a mental illness and they have a life circumstance like pregnancy or a relationship where there's violence involved. They're not always going to listen to you at first, but be there for them. Don't turn away from them and like poo-poo it off as, oh, well, you know, that's another government expenditure or they'll be welfare kids or don't do that to them. Like in some way, guide them along, point them towards a resource, point them towards a support group, love them like a human being would because we're all struggling in our own way. And just because theirs is very obvious on the outside doesn't mean that it should just be shunned as something disgusting or not worthy or, you know, annoying or not every pregnant lady has the ability to raise that baby. And so don't give her hell about it because I know that she's already going through hell. Give them give them love. See, that must be hard because it is. And I think that's the best thing you can say. That must be hard because you don't say, I know that's so hard because you don't know. I don't know how hard it is for her, but I know it's hard. I see it. I love that. And as somebody who has a mental illness myself, I feel like there were times... I mean, I didn't know I had it, right? But there were times that people just poo-pooed me away because of the way I was. Instead of, I wish somebody had shown me support and said, you need help. Like people saw it. People told me, they're like, oh yeah, we just called it just being Megan. I'm like, so you saw me struggling all these years Mm -hmm. and nobody said anything and nobody did anything. So I love that advice, Debbie. I love it so much. I think they just, I think the best thing you can do for anybody in the world, no matter what it is, is to say, how can I help? And they might not always tell you, but it's kind of obvious sometimes how you can help a person. Yes. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me on here. I miss you too. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.